Welcome to another episode of Coffee with Mirko. This is your host, Mirko Massar from Coffee Fixation. I'm super happy and grateful to have you here. I hope you're well and safe and ready for another episode. There we have Chris Lukakis and I'm very excited for it. So welcome, grab yourself a cup of coffee and enjoy another episode with us. Um, if you're new or if you're not new, always appreciate when you guys share our live streams and just let more and more people let know about us and what we do. And uh, without further ado, let's bring our guest on the show. Hell yeah, caffeinated lamb in the house. <laughs> See you. Hope you are well. Here we Hello. Hello, everybody. Hello. Good morning to you. How are you, Chris? <laughs> Good afternoon to you. I'm doing great. <laughs> It's good to see you, man. And, uh, good to see you uh, too. First and foremost, thank you for uh, joining us. I know that you're busy. It's summertime, busy time, and you still found time for us. And uh, it's it's so good to meet you. And uh, first and foremost, how are you and your family with the whole pandemic situation? Thank you very much for the invitation first. Uh, it's really my honor to be part of uh, your episode series. So at the moment, uh, the situation here in Greece, uh, everybody expects uh, the tourists to come. It is a summer season. Uh, it is quite difficult for all the, uh, for all the business because uh, the key countries have uh, the lockdown and uh, it is not allowed to travel. So uh, for example, Australia, uh, USA, which is... Uh, uh, many, which many people are coming here uh, for uh, doing tourism and uh, spend money <laughs> and help uh, the economy to grow. Uh, they cannot fly in. So uh, the most tourists we have uh, comes from uh, Italy, from uh, France, and some of uh, Spain or uh, Balkan countries like uh, Serbia, Croatia. You know. mm -hmm. It's, a, it's definitely a challenging situation, and I think that uh, it's actually very interesting to bring people from different countries. In this case, I'm uh, pretty sure you're my first uh, uh, guest from Greece, actually. So uh, there you go. You're representing the Greek family. And uh, um, it's interesting because obviously different areas and different demographics require different type of tourism, even in terms of the coffee community. So... Hopefully things get better. But um, going on to lighter topics for a minute, um, tell us more about you and how did you start your coffee journey for people who don't know you? Okay. Um, since uh, 19 years now, I'm uh, working in this business. I belong to the coffee community. I have passed uh, through uh, many periods uh, of the coffee changing, so I, I have uh, really experienced uh, the second wave, the third wave. I was uh, part in the beginning of the third wave in the specialty coffee in, uh, in Greece when uh, we were starting it. Um, in 2010, I have been uh, starting working with uh, Tough Coffee. 
Jeff uh, is a really big company uh, with a glorious name uh, through the competitions and uh, as a history. I have uh, been uh, competing in coffee competition since 2010 until 2014. Uh, in those five years, I have uh, the first place in the Latter Championship in 2011. I am a world Latter Champion. In 2012, uh, in World Brewers Cup, I took the third place. And in 2014, I took the third place in the World Barista Championship. Mm -hmm. Three different competitions, uh, three top places. Uh, through the history of uh, the coffee competitions, with uh, that achievement, I belong to the second uh, place in the ranking. The first place is Matt Berger from Australia. Yeah, yeah I really love... Uh, uh, working in coffee, I really work, I love uh, working behind the bar. Right now, I am uh, in Mykonos for the summer season. I'm helping uh, a new company to build up uh, a new coffee shop, a specialty mm -hmm. coffee shop. And I'm staying here to train the people to know how to make coffee and uh, to know how to best uh, serve the people. And, and what I find, what I find fascinating is that, you know, you come from such, you're from such a, it's like my country, Italy, um, you know, very conservative, you know, it's mocha pot, it's dark, it's bitter, uh, you know, don't, don't talk to me about the 60 kind of country, which is okay, um, mocha pot is fine. Um, how, was it difficult for you to kind of break through that wall? How is that conversation going with more and more of your, uh, you know, friends? Because, you know, the, uh, how did that go by? You know, how was your role as a barista in the third wave scene from your family perspective, your friends and Greece in general? I can tell you that uh, Greece uh, has uh, a key location for this development, for the coffee development because uh, through the ages, through the years, all the cultures, all the traditions uh, came to us, but uh, nothing, it, it is ours. For example, espresso comes from Italy. You have, uh, as an Italian, the traditional uh, espresso, which came to Greece. Uh, before that, we had uh, the, let's say the Turkish coffee, Arabic, Turkish, and this uh, uh, came to us through the Ottoman uh, Empire. So actually, we don't have uh, our own uh, reputation in coffee. So we were building uh, our culture through uh, these incomes from Ottoman Empire, from uh, Italy, and uh, we were developing uh, every, uh, every coffee. So it is uh, very important that uh, the, the location of Greece it is in the middle of uh, the business of coffee in Europe. Mm -hmm. So we have uh, Ibrick coffee, and then we have uh, Italian espresso, and then we are developing all this. So for us, uh, it is more uh, easy, I can say, to deliver to the customer a new, a new wave that is coming, the development of the coffee. 
Okay, that's very interesting. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't know that. Definitely, you know, the, the most uh, people are belonging back to the second uh, wave where they have uh, cream and uh, ice cream and uh, syrups and everything. Yeah, you know, that's world. Frappe is still selling in Greece. <laughs> they still sell frappe, but uh, we are changing right now. Uh, through the last uh, decade, we're trying to sell uh, more uh, further espresso. Mm-hmm which we make it uh, as a double espresso normal and then we mix it with uh, two or three ice cubes blended into the glass full of ice and we have something like this result which is cold nice. in summertime most of the people are uh, preferring uh, having a cold drink not hot And, and well, that, that's actually leading towards something that I've, yeah, I want to ask you. It's not even a part of my questions, but it's like, what is it like during winter? You know, like, you know, because I'm not overly familiar with the weather, but do you, is it still predominantly a hot beverage during winter? Yeah, actually, uh, during the winter, we prefer to have uh, hot drinks. Still, there are people that uh, they love uh, the Fredo-style uh, beverage and uh, they really ask for it. But uh, the development of the customers uh, is showing to us that uh, they truly uh, understand the high quality of coffee. And uh, day by day, month by month, year by year, we are... Um, we're having more and more customers that they care about the quality and they're coming to have uh, hot beverages, hot coffees, like filter coffee, like espressos, you know, uh, cool. that kind of style. But uh, they can also understand the higher quality that we serve in many places, actually, mostly in the, in the capital of this country, Athens. There are more and more places opening right now uh, that they are focused on the specialty projects Especially hmm. It's great to hear, and uh, I would love to be able to travel and explore the Greece coffee scene. Speaking of Greece, we got uh, a friend here, Vag, is um, a paisano of yours, uh, asking, uh, uh, "What is the biggest lesson you learned through your competition career, Chris?" Okay, Vag. Uh, hello, Yasu. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. What I can say is uh, that uh, through the competitions year, uh, competition years, there are many champions that are coming again and again every year. But who stays in front, who keeps the, a good reputation, is really difficult to find. I can say that uh, we're coming, we're becoming champions, we're competing, we are becoming better baristas. But uh, the real lesson is not from the competition times. The real lesson comes from uh, the working days behind the bar, facing uh, daily the customers, again, by, again, again, and again, every day. I can say that, uh, and it is uh, something that uh, I would like to discuss uh, later on, I can say that uh, preparing a nice and good cup of coffee, let's say delicious cup of coffee, It's not the big thing. 
because we are actually going to serve this coffee to the customer. And what we are not focusing nowadays, I believe, it is not the best serving experience. But we are focusing on the best uh, preparing, you know, the preparation of the coffee. This is uh, what is missing right now. This is my biggest lesson, what I have learned through the competition, to make a really good coffee, but also uh, serving this coffee with the best uh, experience that I can uh, share with the customer. So I believe the customer is the key point at the moment. A thousand percent. And, and you know, I know you're too busy, so I'm not sure how many episodes of mine you listen with. We've had way a lot in the past few months, but that's something that we touch face, and it's one of my favorite topics. You know, I think that for many, you know, people have heard me saying, and they're gonna get sick of me hearing the same. But for the last few years, we've been putting so much focus into the cup, into the into the latte art, into the machinery, and we kind of miss the whole "Hello, good morning, how are you? Hey, Chris." The approach to the customer and the, How was your weekend? the relationship that, that uh, we are building with customers. Yeah. This is missing. Yeah. It's hospitality, right? And we are in the people business before the coffee business. Because without the people, A, we don't have the coffee. B, we don't have anyone to serve the coffee to. Simple as that. So we have, uh, all these years, we have been uh, seeing all the uh, coffee development on how to prepare the coffee and how to bring the best character out of it, but uh, not really the best uh, customer experience that is missing. And uh, more and more young baristas are coming into this world and uh, they believe that making a good coffee is a big thing. But it's not. It is uh, actually... Not for me, in general, it is very easy to make a really nice, good, delicious cup of coffee. But it's far more difficult to sell this coffee. Again, it's easier. The same customer. Exactly. And also, coffee making skills are easier to learn than people human skills. Like, it's easier to learn how to make a rosetta than it is, you know, how to talk look at body language, how to serve, how to connect and build a relationship with your customers who are maintaining your job or business anyway. So I really feel like that too. And then when it comes down to price, we, we're asking in average a little bit more money than the average coffee shop, but it's only in the cup that higher price, knowing the overall experience. I think you're right. I, I completely agree. That's right, that's right. But... Uh... There is a trick for the latte art because we are talking about uh, also this one. Uh, there is a big trick on the uh, on the texture of the beverage while serving a cappuccino or a latte. The longer time that uh, we need to draw something into the cup, we are changing dramatically the final taste of the beverage. And this is what uh, most of the people, they don't care about it. They, they don't feel it. They don't know probably about it. So a good, question, a good question to ask someone is, how many seconds it takes for you to pour milk into the cup? Because every second it's changing, 
the taste changes uh, dramatically. Yeah, 100%. I agree. And uh, Robin York saying, hey, Chris, you're the best. So that's... Uh... <laughs> hey, Robinho, Robinho 13. <laughs> um, yeah, it's um... a, volleyball, uh, a volleyball team player. Uh-huh. There you go. He's he the best. The <laughs> um, now, in terms of, you know, like, we talked a little bit about competition, thanks to that question and your little introduction to, um, however, you know, I think the industry has also many jobs available in the coffee, right? It's not just about being a barista. Can you please, can you, can you, sorry, can you please repeat again because someone was calling me. Now, okay, I was saying that we touch base on competition and other topic that I would like to sort of touch on is the possibilities within coffees once you find your real passion and strength. Because in coffee, many people think, like football, they think, i got to become the next uh, Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo. But no, you know, in football, there's many jobs within that. You can be a commentator, you can be a journalist, you can be a blogger, you can be a team manager, coach. In coffee, you can be a trainer, a barista, a roaster, a green bean buyer. How important is to define and find that passion and actually cultivate the strengths around it? Let me, let me say that uh, in order to find uh, passion in something, actually you need to see everything uh, like it is uh, your own thing. You want to bring the best out of it. First, my personal uh, attire into these years uh, says that uh, anything I do, except coffee, not only coffee, anything I do, I'm trying to do it the best way possible, the best possible way. So anyone who enters in this uh, coffee business, you said that it is a barista, a roaster, a copper, a blogger, uh, you need at least to do uh, this thing, this job for about five years in a row. Let me say five years and not more, but daily, like five, six days following the same schedule, the same routine. And through this routine, when it comes really boring to you, uh, the, uh, the real uh, philosophy, the real development of yourself comes from the hours you work about uh, the specific thing you have started uh, doing it. Because you have mentioned uh, like Messi, Ronaldo or whatever, but uh, let's say that they drink practicing uh, at least uh, twice a day and they're having a football matches at least uh, one or two uh, times a week. So they're doing this years. By doing the same thing, the same job, uh, year by year, day by day, let's say day by day, you're becoming more experienced. And then you can uh, actually, you are doing your own research into the job you're working. And then there is a key point where you can uh, switch something in your mind and you can... Uh, start developing yourself or you can say that uh, actually this job is not for me i would like to change it i would like to change something 
it is uh, important to uh, uh, sleeping and uh, wanting to, uh, wanting to wake up in order to do that job. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, right. I, I think it's important to sort of understand that there is no just one way, like you said, and by trying, you'll be able to find yourself for sure. And Stanley yeah. is asking something that you touched base on earlier. Uh, Agrees. How things do you think are going to change because of COVID in uh, the coffee industry? Uh, let me say, let me say that uh, what I'm facing right now, because I'm still working behind the bar, it is that uh, most of the people in my country, in the place I work, they there are some people that they don't believe that uh, this is so huge, so big. And they are not taking protections. For the people that they care about it, and they are complaining, and they really believe uh, in this uh, COVID that uh, it is really big, it's huge. Um, it will be the best possible way to work uh, efficiently behind the bar with uh, a nice hygiene, which is really important. And all the drinks that uh, will come out from the bar uh, will be, uh, you know, excellent and well prepared with high, high hygiene. Um, there are many opportunities also that are coming out through this uh, situation. For example, uh, during the lockdown in my country here, uh, the takeaway and the delivery of the coffees has uh, uh, really boomed in many coffee shops. Many uh, coffee people that um, they believe that they were going to lose customers, they really earn more customers because of the delivery they have started selling the coffees. So I believe it will change, but uh, the biggest uh, issue, the biggest problem will be in the specialty coffee. Yeah. The specialty coffee, they're really uh, rare and high quality of coffees because it is uh, only for a year. It is really difficult to uh, find uh, right now fresh, um, you know, uh, fresh green beans. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. I believe I that, think, uh, yeah. yeah, the uh, commercial coffees uh, will blow. Mm. Right now. Yeah, I think the people, as, as, as usually is, the people going to get most impacted are going to be people at origin. I think that, you know, there's many coffee producers which have containers of coffee that was meant to be sold, but it's still sitting there because the buyer is pulling back. Um, so I think origin will suffer the most also because they are usually coming from countries where they're not very, very wealthy. And, you know, usually there's not much money in there for them anyway, uh, which is sad. I think, I think you're right. And um, I like what, um, Daniel Hobart uh, said to me during the, the, this episode, he said that in his opinion, um, home brewing uh, is going to become almost like the fourth way. So I think many more and more people around the world are brewing at home. So I think as a business, say that you're a barista trainer, I think the online world has a lot of opportunities to do virtual, live, one-on-one or group access uh, training sessions. If you're 
you know, if you are a roaster, there's opportunity to you to create content and connect with your followers and, you know, send them a brewing kit pack, giving, you know, the top subscribers of your coffee to be able to brew together the same coffee, taste the cup. So I think, like you said, there's going to be opportunities, but the specialty will suffer more than the commercial, unfortunately, as usual. But also the specialty um, uh, a reputation also, because there are many people that are buying a lower quality coffee, let's say premium and not uh, commercial, but they are selling it as a specialty. Mm -hmm. They put uh, on their brand, like we have specialty coffee and we work specialty coffees, but uh, truly they don't belong into this category. So this is the biggest problem for the for our world, for the uh, a coffee community that sells uh, specialty coffee. And going back to uh, something that you touch base that you're very passionate about, you know, coffee, you know, we all love it uh, one way or the other, and there's no right or wrong. Uh, but it wouldn't be possible with other people. From origin to roaster, from barista to the end consumer, I think that we often forget about the people behind coffee. And I think that we've forgotten that coffee was started as a, you know, having people, people getting together, right? Gathering at a table, playing cards. I'm imagining Greece and at the moment, you know, play some cards, drink cafe. We forgot about this. Um, should we, do you, don't you think that people should become the next wave, the next trend? even though it shouldn't be a trend by default? I believe that uh, they need more support. Uh, many companies, uh, they have marketing departments, but they are not following, uh, they are not um, advertising at all the coffee farmers that they buy uh, the coffee from. Mostly because probably they don't want someone else to buy the same coffee from the same farm. And uh, it is really competitive, that's why. But uh, I believe we need to, we need, let's say someone in the coffee community needs to uh, travel more into the producing countries and trying to convince more the farmers to work more proper in order to uh, bring out more uh, better quality to sell in a higher prices so uh, they can earn more money so they can because they have their own business so they can have the money in order to uh, produce and uh, do the marketing for their own company let's say company house they can advertise uh, better uh, the coffees but uh, yeah it is a big issue that uh, nobody talks about uh, the farmers mostly they talk about uh, the variety and the process uh, nowadays and uh, we are forgetting the people that uh, they are uh, actually taking care of the trees <laughs> of each variety. So, yeah, we say it is a geisha from Panama or from Ethiopia, but uh, who is cultivating those coffees and uh, who is taking uh, the greetings? Yeah, 100%. Mostly the, the roaster and the barista that uh, makes a good cup of coffee. 100%. But uh, like, like I saw, sorry for that, like I saw uh, some years ago from uh, the film about coffee, uh, someone, I don't uh, really remember exactly, someone said that
that the quality of the coffee, it is uh, onto the tree. As soon as you pick the coffee, it's starting losing quality. So, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the one who cultivates That's... the tree needs to uh, take more greetings. That's well said. And we got a question from Serif uh, saying, I'm going to try to read it. Serif from Turkey. Yes. Home brewing is growing, yes. But that does also have an impact on your coffee sales in your coffee shop. Before you sold a cup of coffee, now you sell 14, 16 grams of coffee for the same customer. Um, obviously, because they're buying, a, you know, coffee beans. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, you go first. Before you sold the cup of coffee, now you only sell 14, 16 grams of coffee for the same customer. Uh, it is on uh, every business uh, uh, strategy that they want to sell uh, a specific uh, amount of coffee. Uh, you know, every, everything has a value and uh, you don't know what I can say. Yeah. I believe that I think... uh, we, need, we need to change the strategy on how we sell the coffee and uh, probably also the prices. Yeah. And also I think, um, I think a lot of people in coffee have undervalued the sense of branding, right, and presence. So the beer, for instance, the microbrewery in Australia, they're killing that game. They're really present, they create a brand, a sense, a family. People, you know, this artwork on the cans, of beer or of bottles, um, and I think that that's what even small coffee shops start. They need to start looking at that and creating their own community, micro community. Then you know, you know, for instance, Sarif, you could be charging a little bit extra your top subscribers, your top uh, customers by sharing coffee together on a private Zoom meeting with twenty of you drinking the same coffee, talking about football. Uh, then you're creating a brand, then you're creating a bit of buzz, and people will be happy, going back to what you said, if they have an overall better experience even at home. How do you give your customer a better experience at home is the question you need to ask yourself. Once you figure out the answer, then you just put it in place. Let's say that uh, the identity of uh, the coffee place you have needs to be um, exactly in uh, what you want to uh, serve, what experience you want to have uh, serving to the people. Um, let's say if the home brewing is increasing, so you can probably uh, focus mostly on uh, selling the retail to uh, the people. So increase your retail and, uh, you know, try to bring more customers in order to sell more coffee for home use. Uh, still in Greece, I believe that uh, the 75-80% belongs of the, of the sales belongs to the supermarkets. So more and more people, not during COVID and after, but before COVID also, they are going into the supermarkets buying uh, really commercial brands because they want to have uh, uh, their coffee, making it at home. Because they the prices also are changing. During the crisis we had in Greece, more people, they didn't want to go in a coffee shop to pay, for example, for two, two uh, 50 euros 
for buying uh, just a cup of coffee, but they were buying uh, they were buying a bag of coffee of 250 grams uh, with a very cheap uh, home use espresso machine or uh, a brewing kit for filter coffee. So it was uh, more sustainable for them to enjoy something uh, that uh, we all have, we all like. So uh, giving uh, the proper identity to the coffee shop and you are going there to say, hey, I'm here, I'm doing this thing and not many things like uh, serving food or uh, serving uh, other beverages except coffee like alcohol or something else. It is about what you want to, what idea you want to give. Yeah, and innovation and innovation and having a bit of a, a play with ideas, for instance, uh, Mathieu, um, you know, they are selling their coffee in a pack where they also sell you in the pack uh, the same water that they use. So they literally give you everything to make the exact same cup of coffee. So I think, you know, whether that's going to work or not, but what I'm saying is innovation is essential and you've got to try. I mean, Everybody laugh at Elon Musk for electric cars. Now look at the Tesla stock. So I think ultimately you gotta try, bring out ideas, put them in place, and if they don't work, keep going. Keep another idea. If you are not, uh, if you are not going to make any mistake, you will not gonna learn anything. So uh, we need to try more and more uh, our ideas. What I believe we need to. Uh, speak we need to have conversations between the coffee people each other in order to develop more ideas because uh, sitting on the table uh, by yourself trying to create an idea it is only one mind that is working for it but sitting yeah. with more than two people in the same uh, table talking about this what we love what we most love about putting ideas there are more two three four brains probably we're going to struggle on uh, if we agree or not. But in the end, there is a result that comes out and uh, the result uh, it is great. It is tricky to keep the specialty quality in having in packs everything or, uh, you know, we understand having cold brews or uh, uh, having cans, uh, lattes or everything which is really nice and uh, really innovative. And it can help people uh, experience a better cup, a better quality of coffee and the combination with uh, anything else, so tonic or uh, uh, milk or whatever. But still, there is not someone making the coffee at you, for you at the moment, you ask it. Yeah. I get you. That knows how to brew the coffee. 100%, 100%. And that's where I think education and access will be, you know, you know, you will really, you will really just take care of your customers if you look after them by giving them that access, some classes, free or no, it doesn't matter, you know, create that engagement for sure. But uh, Chris, uh, we, we passed the half mark and usually ask the out of the box question. Um, if you could, who would you like to have dinner with? It doesn't have to be coffee, anyone. Say again, if, who? If you could 
who would you like to have dinner with? A dinner with? Yeah. Not uh, coffee people only. Anyone. No, no. Doesn't matter. Okay. In which place also or here in Greece? Any place you want, any restaurants, any person. Actually, I would love to have dinner with uh, a farmer, especially in coffee, yes. This is what comes to my mind firstly. With a farmer that uh, uh, I used his coffee in 2014 from uh, Guatemala from Bakelito Farm. And I would really love to meet this guy and have a dinner with him because uh, I really want to have uh, a talk with him because he's behind everything. He's behind everything I, I really achieved in this year. And uh, this year, I believe in 2014, it was uh, a really critical year for me. Mm. It has, uh, it has gave me everything. That, that's lovely. I think, I think, I think he, he probably would love to have dinner with you too. Uh, I would love you know, to have dinner school. with a person that works, that uh, does something. I love that. Yeah. And um, going back on the, the other questions, thank you. Usually I, I think this question kind of breaks it and uh, it throws off a little bit and uh, it's good to dream a little bit, you know. I've heard all, all, all answers. Um, okay. Coming up the questions, I think people will find very valuable your answer uh, around this question. Hospitality in general is far from perfect. If you could change one thing, what would that be? I would uh, try, which uh, I really do. I'm really doing it uh, at the moment, and I will follow uh, doing it again and again. Uh, I would say that uh, the coffee preparation is not so important. Even if you do mistakes, because uh, we will never make the same coffee again and again, there will be always uh, changes, since we have the machines with uh, so many uh, uh, variables and uh, the water is changing a lot, and the coffee, the grinders, and nothing is perfect. I would, uh, I would like to uh, say to the people, focus mostly on the psychology of the person that uh, sees in front of them. Uh, even if you uh, see someone that comes into your place as a customer to buy your coffee, it doesn't mean that uh, if you say good morning is enough or hi, how are you, it is enough. It is important for us to train ourselves to understand before we say anything to the person we see in front of us, uh, what they are ready to receive from us. The psychology of every person asks for something. We need to try to find what is this something for each person to give it? Someone will need just a coffee to leave from the coffee shop really, really fast. Someone else uh, really wants the information about the coffee, about the quality, about the farm, 
someone else wants uh, something different. We can recommend something. We have the space. Uh, someone else uh, might really want to say something to you about uh, his life or about uh, his day. So we really need the baristas. We really need to train ourselves to better understand what the customer wants to experience from us while getting into the shop. I love it. In the end, hospitality is everything, but uh, the experience that everyone wants to get from us while getting into the coffee shop, uh, it is very important. Yeah, and I think there is such a priceless value attached to it because then if that person has such a positive experience, they're gonna remember, they're gonna come back and they will be happy to pay the extra 50 cents, one euro, one dollar, and I think it's key. And I see the barista, and I've said this for many years, but the barista has become more and more the bartender of those American movies that we used to watch, and the guy goes to the bartender, talk about his wife and his problems with work. That's how I see it. But Veg is asking another question for you. Um, who is your biggest inspiration in coffee and life, Chris? In coffee and life? Uh, it might be two different persons. Mm -hmm. I can say that uh, I have earned and experienced uh, many things in coffee uh since uh, 2010 to 2014 but uh since then i 2015 sorry when i was working in tough coffee but uh i have uh, been following him after 2015 that we were not working together until now uh one of the biggest uh, inspirations in coffee business is uh, stefanos domatiotis uh he was actually the, the person that uh, I can say that uh, he was my brother, my family, uh, my friend, uh, one of the best ambassadors uh, in coffee. Uh, back then, he's a person that uh, even if he knows uh, so much, he's not pretending that uh, he's a diva. He's, he really shares uh, his experiences and uh, his uh, thoughts about coffee and his knowledge. Um, unfortunately, right now, right now, because we are in different business in different places, um, yeah, in coffee, it is him. Uh, in life, in general, I can say that uh, it is only my family. Um, I see my family and how we are going through all these uh, difficulties and difficult times or uh, the easy times. But I, I believe that uh, the 80% of uh, who we are becomes from uh, our parents, actually. <laughs> so yeah. it is them what they gave to me and uh, it is them in the biggest percentage of uh, how I act and react in every moment in my life. We are a product of our own environment, as they say. That's right, that's right. 
So I think I think I think you're spot on, and uh, I I like what you touch base on Stefanos because I think that's something that really resonate with me. I think being humble is such a key characteristic in any profession. Doesn't matter what industry, because ultimately we will never achieve perfection and overall 100% knowledge because we thought that 60 years ago, doctors said that smoking was fine. They were wrong. Now they say it's bad. Who knows? So where I'm going with that is that even Scott Rao, in one of the episodes, he said that ultimately he's always wrong because something new keeps coming up. So you got to keep looking and searching because if you just say, nah, I know everything, that's when you start losing. That's when you start developing yourself. Yep. And you are belonging, yep. uh, you are belonging with the ships around us that uh, they just follow and they do nothing. They don't do any research. Uh, they just living without uh, giving anything to the planet. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And, and, and it's nice because I think, again, humble, people confuse being humble for, you know, soft and, you know, not really a hustler and not really working hard. Now, humble just well, means a lot of things, but in my view, it just means to just be nice, be kind, show empathy, don't worry about your ego, uh, care about who's around you, care about what you do, love, and just show compassion when it's needed. But whilst you're working hard, that's fine. You can still work hard and be humble. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And uh, working hard, uh, working hard is not belonging to the slavery. That you are working for someone, you are not a slave of uh, someone. You're just uh, doing something to live. You are working. You are producing something. So you are helping someone to experience uh, what you do. It's an everything endless practice. Do, everything we do, someone else experiences it and enjoys. <laughs> yes. And it's, a pra it's an endless practice, isn't it? We talked about uh, football players. Uh, you know, them kicking a few balls, it's still work. But it's an like endless practice. you got to keep running. you got to keep jumping. you got to keep kicking. If we don't practice at all, we will become uh, zombies. Yeah, 100%. Um, uh, Chris, uh, arriving at the last 10 minutes of the interview, first and foremost, thank you for being here. It's been very, uh, a very cool chat, and uh, I think I would love to have you on another time uh, in, in a month to uh, just maybe in a different context, maybe we, can do, maybe we can do a live stream of your workflow or something like that, just to give the audience something different. Um, if we put the ideas, we will find something. And we will have a great result. 100%. Um, before I ask you a couple of questions, Tanti asked, saying, uh, living without giving to the planet, love that waking up awareness. Yes. Yes. Yes, 100%. We got to give 100%. There's not the, that's it. That, we can't top it up. Uh, Chris, what yes. would you like to see in the future of coffee? What's your coffee mission and what's next for you?
Okay, at the moment, uh, I'm working in uh, a coffee, a small coffee company, which is based in Athens. As uh, a barista trainer, uh, Wise Cup is the name of the company. The future of uh, me in the next five years, let's say my business plan for myself, is that uh, I really want to develop uh, uh, the training uh, way to the people, trying to get more uh, into the uh, feelings of the customer and the best uh, possible uh, serving experience. Um, I really want to travel uh, and find uh, places uh, where, can, where I can cooperate and uh, cultivate coffee. I really want to get into this business. And, uh, you know, being healthy <laughs> and uh, with uh, my girlfriend and probably future wife, uh, make uh, a nice and big family. Beautiful. That's it. I love it. <laughs> that's, that's my business plan for the next five to ten years. I love it. And uh, and I'm sure you'll accomplish all of them as you've accomplished already that's many amazing. other beautiful uh, chapters in your, in your career. And I think that just having – I love that you touched base on health, and I want to kind of touch – right a little bit on here because I think it's important this period of time. I think the physical and mental health has been really challenged and has had a big impact on many people across different industries. But sticking with coffee, a lot of baristas lost their job. A lot of people in, in, in countries that it's difficult where they don't have, you know, stimulus checks or welfare. And I think it's important to look after yourself your body and mind, um, you know. Body, mind, and we really need to work. If we don't have jobs, we really need to find uh, jobs. Any job is okay. But uh, what I wanted to say about this, about jobs, uh, there are no borders in order to live somewhere. We are growing up uh, in a house with full of love from our parents and our relatives. Uh, we are uh, creating uh, really strong relationships with friends. But uh, in the end of the day, we need to take care of ourselves, our mental health and health. And uh, there are no borders to find any job or to start over again any life. What I have uh, experienced uh, traveling uh, since so many years now is that in every place I go, I see uh, many people that they don't belong only to this country. They work, they produce, they do something for this fucking planet. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we belong to this planet, okay. Uh I love it. And uh, what you said is so true because it's like the old saying, if you don't love yourself, you can't love someone else, right? You got you to gotta look after yourself in order to be able to 
look after the planet, the people who live in the planet, and be able to leave your legacy, your touch, uh, your yourself, and to be to have that purpose. I think being purpose driven is essential. We've lost that. I think. I think something that's sneaking in through is I think people are confusing money with purpose, purpose with money. I think money is important, but I think once you realize it's more than that, it's that's when you're winning. Um, Listen, we're getting we're getting into the airplane, and the safety directions that we receive is firstly uh, put a mask in yourself and then to the next one that, that needs your help. So uh, definitely we need to take out, uh, take care of your, ourselves and then anyone else who is next to us that we can help. But firstly, it is atomic. Yeah, I, I can't top that off. Yeah, I love it. Um, thank you. And Chris, again, it was so nice to have you here. You really sparkle lots of inspiration for People are going to really listen to this. I really appreciate you. And I know that you're busy. You're literally on your break. Way no to finish. No I, I, can and, handle, I can handle it. I'm I know, but I still. Uh, I understand, but I'm, 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 I'm just very grateful that you still were like, you know what, I'll do it on my break. Stop the time zone. I'll just have to deal with it. And, uh, yeah, you made it happen. And I think your attitude just, even in this aspect, really showcased your ethics, your ethos, and what you're about, and I love it. So thank you for that, and I really appreciate you being here, man. And we should do thank something you, else again soon. Yeah, grazie. Yeah. grazie. Ah, man, I forgot how you say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what's, what's thank you in, in, in Greek? Evharisto. Yes, that's right. All right, thank you, brother, and enjoy the Mykonos sun. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's right. Take it easy. We'll talk soon. We'll keep in touch. Talk to you soon. Ciao, brother. Bye there. Bye there. Uh, there you have it, guys. As you can see, a big smile on my face. It was a lovely chat uh, with Chris. Um, I just. I just love these chats very much uh, because, as I always say, it's not just about it's about adding value to, to to one person, and often enough, that person becomes me as well. It's not selfish. Um, by me providing this space for people, it's also a space for myself, and and um, getting the chance to talk to people that I look up to, getting a chance to talk to people that uh, that can add values, and then at the end of this podcast. And that's what I ask you to do is I analyze it, I digest it, I brew concepts that have been discussed uh, with, in this case, Chris, and, uh, and I just love it. So if you do like this series, please share this with your friends. We're just trying to grow it because then we can add more value and give back, give more to more people. I'm sure that there's Tom or Jennifer out there who would love to have follow this chat with me and Chris. So if you share this, I love that. I'll take a screenshot, uh, do what you gotta do. Appreciate it. Uh, it's always nice to see when you guys do that. And if not, just you know, if you're listening, this is a podcast. Do the same and uh, just tag uh, Coffee Fixation. We'd love to grow this family. 
A big shout out as usual to my friends Tanti, Veg, Bazarbin, Andre, aka Os Consult, always in the house. Devis, Dingo Devis. We got Dimitris, and we got John, and we also got George in the house. So a big shout out to all of you. Um, just a small little promotion. It's not even a promotion. Um, towards the end. Uh, we just started with Jared Ruby. Uh, he started first, the hashtag first sip. Um, basically, every time you drink your first cup of coffee, uh, I would love for you to just uh, take a story uh, while you drink your first sip of coffee, put in a story, hashtag first sip, tag coffee fixation, and just uh, let's, let's see how far we can get this uh, first sip and we reshare it all the time so we'll basically show your your page and your first sip to others so i'd love to grow that and uh, just uh, just grow this coffee family and that's it for me today uh, watch out for the next episodes we got amazing guests coming up another three episodes wednesday thursday friday tune in take care stay safe it was lovely to see you, be here with you. I'm gonna go have dinner. And uh, until next time, take care and look after yourself, like Chris said. Peace out, my friends. <laughs>